0: Origin Gate is a proud supporter and endorser of The Nest. Before you get into today's podcast, I wanted to tell you of an exciting new school offered by The Nest. It's called Voices of Torah and it will be run by Carl Whitehead. Do you feel like you're stuck in a rut? Do you feel like you've hit a ceiling in your relationship with God? Does your prayer life consist of the same words, the same requests, the same complaints year after year? If you're truthful, Has reading the Bible become a chore? If any of these statements ring true for you, then you are going to benefit so much from the Voices of Torah School. This school is designed to introduce you to an ever unfolding and expanding perspective of God's Word and it will introduce you to the wonders of the Hebrew text and the rich culture of studying Torah. Carl will teach you how to do word studies and you will be amazed at the depth of revelation contained in each word of the Torah. Discovering all of these mysteries that Yahweh has placed in His word for you to find will give you a new reverential awe and love for who He is. As you receive this amazing revelation, you will find your prayer life and intimacy with Yahweh beginning to change and your relationship will never be the same again. You will move from glory to glory and will be transformed into His image as you uncover the truth of who He is. As you start on your exciting journey of discovery, you'll be bursting to share your findings. Each week you'll have an opportunity to connect with your teacher and peers to do just that. Iron sharpens iron when like-minded people come together. This school will run for 9 months from the 9th of January till the 1st of October 2021 And there will be 74 sessions per year. You do not need to be a Hebrew scholar or have any knowledge of the Hebrew alphabet to commence this school. Year 1 will build a solid foundation which will prepare and make you more confident to go deeper from Year 2. For more information on costs and dates and times, please visit www.thefoundationnest.com. Click on the tab. Voices of
1: Torah. Hey, y'all. Thank you for tuning in to Origin Gate's daily podcast called Wisdom's Echo. My name is Parker Thomaston, and I am very honored to share this thought of the day. Today, I would like to speak with you and pour out my heart concerning the progress of our process. Um, over the last few days, I've heard the words, of a man who is greatly loved and respected uh, by me and my family named Apostle F. Nolan Ball. He's now a part of the great cloud of witnesses, Uh, but he had a quote that was such an encouragement and he said, do not despise the process. He actually had many quotes that uh, are applicable in my life. I believe he even wrote a book about some of his sayings. But this thing of do not despise the process, for me, for years, I always thought that despise meant to hate. Like if I despised someone, then it was a a high degree of dislike. Um, However, what I want to talk to you about today is about remaining in position and not allowing yourself to give up the promises that Yahweh has prepared for you and I. It is necessary for us to position ourselves where the vision remains clear and the value remains as well. Um, I want to reference a passage of scripture found in Genesis chapter 25. We're going to start in verse 29. I'm sure you've never heard this story before of Jacob and Esau, uh, but I want to bring it to our remembrance today. Um, Verse 29 says, Now Jacob cooked a stew, and Esau came in from the field. Notice the positions of each of these two brothers. Jacob was inside cooking a stew. Esau was cooking coming in from the field. And it said that Esau was weary And Esau said to Jacob, please feed me with that same red stew, for I am weary. Therefore his name was called Edom. It's amazing to me that simply um, based upon the desire of Esau, that he was re-identified here, and his name was called Edom. But Jacob said, sell me your birthright as of this day. He was a negotiator. Um, He was a a businessman, if you will. Um, But Esau said, look, I am about to die. So what is this birthright to me? this is this is where the the narrative changes in my opinion because Esau went from being weary um, to saying that he was about to die. And so because he he undervalued the promise that was given to him of his birthright, he he overvalued, the uh, the temporary satisfaction that was available of this stew. He's saying, you know, look, if I don't get this stew, I'm going to die anyways. What does this birthright mean to me? So Jacob said, Swear to me as of this day. So he swore to him, and then he sold his birthright to Jacob. And Jacob gave Esau bread and stew of lentils. Then he ate and drank arose and went on his way. Here's, here's the kicker. It says, Thus Esau despised his birthright. A few things worth noting again. In verse 29, it says that Jacob was preparing the stew, Esau was in the field, and Esau was weary. I don't believe that Esau was weary from working in the field. Like there's there's something to be said of being physically exhausted and tired and I'm sure that many if not all of you have experienced that in some form or fashion, but I believe that Esau's heart was weary. He was weary because he improperly assessed the value of his birthright in comparison to the value of his brother Stu. Um, Theodore Roosevelt was a famous president uh, here in the United States. States and he once said that comparison is the thief of joy. Think about that for a minute. Comparison allows you to to take what someone else possesses, and and you you put that up and grade it against what you possess, and and it usually. Denies you the ability to be grateful uh, because there's an old saying that says the grass is greener on the other side. It always looks better uh, from the position that that you're standing in, looking out, saying, "Well, they've got it so easy. If I had that job or that money or that family or that car or that home, and and you begin to devalue what Yahweh has given you, I, I want to encourage you today that the reason that we are able to allow the vision to be clear and the value to remain is by a position a posture of gratitude and thanksgiving. When you when you allow yourself to carry entitlement of of a a sense of something being owed to you, it negates the joy of that blessing. So if you are believing for something, be cautious that you don't expect that you have earned that blessing in some type of way. Understand that it is by Yahweh's goodness that He gives it to you. I, I know that there's a fine line here between proper identification and entitlement because we are meant to be the royalty of Yahweh. We are meant to be blessed. However, when it comes to a point to where we don't even express our gratitude for what Yahweh's given us, that is a dangerous position to be because it means that your heart has become weary and and what Yahweh has given you all of a sudden becomes not good enough. Esau wasn't about to die. He felt like he was about to die because all he could focus on was something that someone else possessed that he did not have current possession of. And so I don't believe that that the weariness that Esau possessed was simply the result of a hard day's work. I believe that it crept in from him desiring something that wasn't able to be immediately satisfied. And this is, is not just a warning to us. I hope this is an encouragement for you and I to be able to look at our situation. And there may be things that aren't able to be immediately satisfied, but I'm telling you that Yahweh looks at the big picture. He's not just focused on this this moment like we are. He's not you know close minded and, and short visioned he He looks at the long path and looks at the opportunity that we have available to be blessed over an extended period of time so so Esau said, "I'm about to die." man, how dramatic can you be? Like, I, I will say that I have been in a position like that before where I've been like, Yahweh, do you see what's going on here? You need to step in. But the response that I get is usually not Yahweh giving me what I need. It's, hey, man up. You're better than this. You're bigger than this. You're focused on the wrong things and now you're just being dramatic. <laughs> You know, you're just being dramatic about the things that that you think you need, but I know what you need. So Jacob also was prepared to trade something of little value in a moment in exchange for something of greater value in the future. Esau sold himself short because He was was not in a position where the vision was clear and the value remained. I believe that in the progress of our process, we must posture ourselves to where we allow the vision to be clear and the value to remain. Verse 34 says that Esau despised his birthright. Like I mentioned earlier, despise does not mean to hate in this sense. It means to simply give up. As Esau gave up his birthright, it is implied that he received far less than face value of everything that was promised to him. Each son was given an inheritance, but the birthright of the firstborn was a double portion. And I've heard people joke about how good those those lentils must have been But it wasn't about what Esau received in exchange for what he gave up. It was about the position that he allowed himself to get into, where he simply just quit. That is one thing that I am so grateful for, uh, of learning from my spiritual father, Apostle Aaron Smith, here at Gates of Zion, is there is no quit in him. And he has raised me and other sons all over the place that are that are you know establishing Yahweh's word and and we are not quitters and people ask like man this has been so difficult how can you not quit how can people quit like how can you quit It's just not in our DNA. It's not in our blood. You come in saying, I'm about to die, you know, so what is this birthright to me? Man, that implies weakness, in my opinion, of an improper focus of, of Esau. And Yahweh is is drawing us back to remain focused on Him and position ourselves. You'll hear me say this countless times where the vision is clear and the value remains. Galatians 6, uh, verse 9, I think it is, says, like, Let us not be weary in doing well, for in due season you shall reap if you faint not. The only way that you're not going to reap is if you faint, is if you quit. So do not... Do not, I repeat, do not despise the process. Do not give up about what Yahweh has written over your life. Please don't take what I'm saying the wrong way. This is is not a general reminder that everything is going to be okay and you can give up and it's okay to be tired. It's okay to be weary. It is not. Man, you have to shake yourself because you become what you behold. This is an encouragement for you to get your rear end up out of the field and shake yourself to not become weary on the way in. This is the biggest thing to me is that Esau was on his way inside. Do you think that Isaac and Sarah would have allowed him to not eat anything? I mean, surely they would have had dinner prepared, but but he became weary on his way in. in physically and spiritually, I see so many people realistically right now weary on their way in and they're they're giving up and they're despising their process they're despising their promise but Yahweh is drawing us back to the nearness of him that our focus will be in the right place the definition for this word process is a series of actions or steps taken in order to achieve a particular end. And so I want to ask you today like please take the time to think of this. What does your process look like? I can I can tell you countless stories of of Yahweh's goodness and and I'm telling you that that we're rehearsing his goodness in this position of where we're seated. I am um, probably the most difficult job that I've ever had. I worked a coffee route for a while, and uh, for those of you who don't know what that is, I um, I would go out in this big van. Filled of boxes of coffee, and uh, and we had you know accessories, you know like uh, different types of funnel baskets and coffee pots. But we also had like sugar and creamer and and all kind of different things. Well, I would go and service customers that I had already established, and part of my job was to bring in and generate new business. So I would I would basically sell new accounts, and they were. Areas like um, office complexes, uh, restaurants, gas stations, things like that. And uh, so there was a gas station in a little place called Grove Hill, Alabama. Um, it was called Dunn's Chevron. And it was a great account. Um, we probably sold them maybe about twelve to $1,500 worth of coffee a week and cappuccinos and things like that. And so we took really good care of them. Well, one day I get a phone call. Uh, they're about an hour and 15 minutes north of of Mobile to get all the way up to Grove Hill through Jackson. Um, but I get a phone call saying that their coffee machine was not working. So um, I had you know, kind of already assessed the situation, knew that it was a timing board that needed to be replaced. And so I go up there, I'm having, I'm having a rough time, to be honest. Um, it was already just a terrible day, felt like nothing could, could get any worse, felt a little bit like Esau. Um, and then I get up there and I'm crouching down and I'm not, I'm not a real small guy. I'm about six foot tall, uh, and that's probably being generous. More like 5'11, weigh about 220 pounds, and and I'm on this this little stand um, that's probably about you know maybe 18 inches wide. And right behind me are the fountain drinks, uh, the Coca-Cola machine. Um, it's got these lines that connect to the carbonation and the syrup, and it creates the the drinks. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with that or not, but long story short in my in my frustration i forgot to unplug the coffee machine before i changed this timer this is an electrical circuit board and so as i go to connect my screwdriver hits the side of the machine and it grounds out and shocks the fire out of me immediately my my right leg in my hamstring cramps up and i just fall backwards like there's nothing i can do at this point well Fortunately, I fell back on the Dr. Pepper line of syrup. And, and there's constant pressure on this line. So whenever I fell back, not only did it disconnect, but it starts spewing. It starts spewing this corn syrup from, from Dr. Pepper liquid all over the, the uh, gas station in there. And it was, I mean, it was just one of those moments where I just wanted to go out to the van and cry like, man, what in the world is going on here? And, and it was kind of one of those things where I had an hour and 15 minute drive after we got everything fixed, got it all working. Everybody got a good laugh about it except for me. Um, but here I am, you know, seven years later and I, I'm able to laugh about it. Um, but I was just thinking like, Yahweh, how could you embarrass me like that? You know and, and it wasn't a gentle correction that Yahweh gave me. It was, man up, you made a mistake. You forgot to unplug the, the coffee maker. That wasn't an attack of the enemy. It was you not being focused on on what you're doing. There are There are things though, that that I'm able to take away from that. And what I'm able to take away, thank goodness, is that Yahweh continued to cover me. The situation could have been way worse. I could have been, you know, hurt uh, a lot um physically, but Yahweh still covered me and protected me. And it reminds me of a passage found in Matthew 14 of when Yeshua called Peter to walk out on out on the water, out of the boat. And um and so we all know what happened. Yeshua said, "Come" to to Peter when he said, "Lord, if it is you command me to come." And so Yeshua said, "Come," Peter jumps out. But he said when he when he began to focus on the wind and the waves, he became afraid, fearful, and he began to sink and he cried out, "Lord, save me," basically. And Yeshua stretched out his hand. He caught him. He said, you know, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? And and what I want to bring back around here is that when we become distracted, what we are meant to rule over will begin to rule over us. Oracle Teresa Bowen has said that that if you are looking up at something like the way that Peter looked up at the waves— There is an implication that you are under something. And Israel, from my understanding, is under no constellation. As the sons and daughters of Yahweh, neither are we. It's only when we remove our focus from the face of our Father that we become subject to the very thing that you and I are designed to rule. So family, I thank you for your engagement today. I hope this is encouraging to you in the progress of your process. I just want to remind you to keep your focus on the promises that Yahweh has given you. Allow the vision to remain clear and the value to remain.